Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let's go back to 2011. Look at the World Cup with Squidge. Let's go back. Oh baby, let's go back with Squidge. Good day, and welcome to the Squidge Rugby World Cup Retrospective Podcast. The podcast that is a podcast, and is also a rugby, and is also a retrospective, and is also a squid. You were just telling me, directly before we started recording, that we are the second most popular podcast on iTunes with the word squid in the title. Correct. Apparently... There's one that's called like the Squid Diaries or something like the that. The Squid Diaries. Something like that. Do you want so to what's, check? What's, what, what does Squid Diaries involve? Presumably to, it's the diary of a... To a, be fair... A, a, a wimpy squid. To be... <laughs> nice. To be fair, the squid can write in ink. That's true. So they're one of the more qualified... Yeah. Of all the animals that can write possibly a write a diary, I think they're maybe third after human beings and mice. Yeah. Why mice? Well, I I lived with a mouse. If you listen back to episode four, uh, yeah, and yeah, he had a little notebook. He was always jotting things down. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever manage to get a sneak peek at his diary? Well, he's tiny. His writing's really small. He's oh, a tiny okay. little mouse. That's yeah, I couldn't read it. Did it just say squeak, squeak, squeak? Everywhere? It was written in mouse. Yeah, yeah. Like okay. I couldn't read a word. Mouse I couldn't code. understand yeah. it. Yeah, it's like saying you know, like you can tell a book is in French. Like if you tried to read like Proust, you'd be like, sure. yeah, this is definitely a book. Someone has written this. There are words. Yeah. Even if I can't understand them because they're in French. Okay. What was, the, what was like, was it written on like A4 paper? Just a really small. It wasn't writing? A4 paper. But like relative to a mouse. Yeah. It would be like A126. Okay. Paper. Okay. Yeah. Like relative to a mouse, it was like, like A3. No. Okay. Yeah. It was like, like journal size, you know, Someone like, 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 like a moleskin notebook. It was like, it was a mole, it was a literal moleskin notebook because it was from yeah. rodents. How much? Because a rodent is a mole. Someone ought to figure out exactly the parameters of A126 paper. No. No, because we have a handful of really dedicated listeners who would do that. do that, yeah. And I don't, I don't want them to waste their time. Yeah. Because they've already listened to this podcast. They've already listened to the opening stage of this podcast. That's true. Why have you waited until episode like 21 to tell them not to waste their time? Oh, I don't know. I, it was like, they've made an active choice to listen two minutes and a bit into an episode about South Africa 87, Namibia nil, mm. from nine fucking years ago. <laughs> I know! <laughs> honestly, the fact that people are listening to this is a great swindle. I, I honestly nice. can't believe it. Like, people, the only podcast about Squid that people are listening to more often than this is The Squid Diaries. Yeah, if that's even what it's called. Yeah. I will check. To I'm be fair, check. like, I actually, I say this, I just remembered I did a podcast for years, which his tagline was, the world's third most popular podcast not about squid. It, it uh, wasn't that called was a... The Squid Diaries at all. What was it called? It was called The Vampire Squid. <laughs> that's even scarier. Yeah. Should we see what the reviews on The Vampire what's, Squid What's The Vampire like? Squid like? Or the... the... I mean, it's getting five star reviews across what's the board. The, what's the Vampire it's Squid about? The, um, 
It's the 156th most popular Wait. podcast in Switzerland is in this... investing and business. <laughs> it's Steve Walsh. Steve, Steve Walsh, Walsh. in it. Sorry. Ring up Rhiannon no. Garth Jones now as our Steve Walsh <laughs> correspondent. Is this, is this like the Vampire Diaries but with Squid? I don't know. The reviews say, uh, great podcast for anyone interested in finance. Very yeah. useful insights and detail into financial industry, mm-hmm. uh, going beyond the job description into culture and day-to-day life. Beyond the job description, world. they're also a squid werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think this is for banking among vampire squids? I assume so. Yeah. But if you're starting a banking... Po- like, you look... Much as we say, this podcast has a stupid title. It is a retrospective... Of the Rugby World Cup. In theory, yeah. It is a retrospective of the Rugby World Cup. That's the podcast, yeah. right? In which, which is by the Squid Rugby YouTube channel, right? We sum yeah. it up. Yeah. If I was listening to a podcast called The Vampire Squid, and there wasn't a single vampire squid on it, I would want my non-existent money back. Yeah. I would want, like, the second I spent listening to Acast ads back. Yeah, I'm not thinking, like, oh, yeah, that's... This is what I want. I want yeah. some financial advice. Let's listen to the vampire squid, why don't we? Exactly, yeah. But I, I don't know. What we should say as well um, is South Africa 87, Namibia nil. Yeah. Um, and we should also say that in case it sounds weird, we are recording this in person together in the same room. We are. Uh, for... Stood remarkably nearby. Uh, there's only two of us. Yeah. So we've got four more spaces. We can invite four guests on. We That's could true. only get four of the lawyers in because obviously there's a new six person guidelines yeah, in England. Yeah. Uh, so you can Previously we were allowed to invite twenty eight yeah. of them. Yeah. But if we if we'd we've had, had to in, sack quite a lot of them. It's really unfortunate. This is the downside of COVID really. The yeah. sole downside of COVID is that uh, we have to lose twenty two lawyers. We were actually going to perform this one in front of a live audience. Yes. Uh, of four. And vampire squids. And va- yeah. vampire squids and mice as well. Yeah. Because they, they specify six people yes. together. But is that human beings? Nobody really knows what the lockdown restrictions are at the minute. So and loophole, invite mice. To quote a the mice. Muppets, yeah. a celebrity is not a people. Exactly. So we were going to have Carly Rae Jepsen as well as our seventh yeah. human being. She's here for a lot of the episodes, a lot more of the episodes than you think. Yeah, she couldn't make it today, unfortunately. No, not today. Not no. today. Uh, she had to be in Canada. Yeah, I don't know why, but she did. Yeah, uh, it's unfortunate, really. Uh, so South Africa eighty-seven, Namibia nil. If you've heard the scoreline, you can probably understand why this isn't the most enthralling game to talk about. But there is some quite good rugby in it. There's certainly rugby in it. In fact, yeah, you know what? I will agree with you that some of it is is pretty good. Mostly, I would would actually... You ready for a hot take? Please. In this game, most of the good rugby was played by South Africa. I would agree with that statement. Yeah. Um, I think if you look at the game, basically... South Africa score, you know, the, the first five minutes are reasonably close to level, you know. Sure. South Africa just get a penalty. Uh, and then from Geo Aplon scores the opening try, which is a really nice try. Should we just talk about that briefly? Sure. So South Africa kind of turn the ball over after Namibia have it. Uh, they then work an overlap in about four inches of space. Yeah. Uh, Francois Hugar throws a lovely offload. Yeah, draws in two or three men himself. Yeah. Geo Aplon then runs... What from about half the halfway he line? He was great to watch. Yeah, straight line he, because yeah. he's one of those really underrated players who's he's probably about five foot eight, n- not a great amount of stone. Well, he was the prototype of Chesney Colby. Yes, yeah, he kind of was. Yeah, he's kind of the mid, like the midpoint between. You got Brayton Pulser as sort of the um, the constant barbarian selection, mm. and 
I guess a bit of a South African legend in his right, even though he's not got the same level of recognition as like a Brian Cabana or a Jacob mm. Peterson or somebody like that, or Montgomery, whoever. Uh, actually named the World Cup winners. He didn't win a World <laughs> Cup, is what I'm trying to say. However, there's, I think Pulsar was always the point of reference for Aplon sure. because there was no Colby back then. And then Colby comes in, and as you say, he's like the uh, the predecessor Yeah, uh, in that sense. And I think going forward, they will all be compared to Justin Colby because he scored that try in a World Cup final. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Geo Aplon was just fun and no one quite gave him a chance because I think rugby was particularly in that mould of wingers are like George North and they're like Azar and Tuolangi yeah. who were, you know, in this pool elsewhere. Um, they're probably going, oh, we couldn't tackle them, we couldn't put up. Geo Aplon was a really solid defender. Yeah. And you remember, was it oh, two seasons after this when the box had a poor season and he was playing fullback for them and he was fantastic. He was their Aplon. best player for a year. Yeah. Mm. When he was at, he had a year at fullback around this, a few years after, during that, Period between 2011 and 2015. I forget the exact year. Because yeah. um, his, his Springbok career was cut too short, I think. Yeah. Um, and he wasn't trusted by coaches in a way... To play a player like him, you had to give him a license to play. And you had to let him do what he does. Yeah. Otherwise, there's no point in picking him. You know, yeah. he's, he's not like Makazoli Mapimpi, who is a flair player, but can play we'll to a system. kicks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, Gio Aplon, I think he's most famous for that try he scored against the Blues, mm. where he steps Mills Molina and almost yes. snaps his ankles. Uh, and if you've not seen it, I would recommend looking that up. Oh, just, because... just a highlights reel. Yeah, Gio yeah, Aplon. yeah, absolutely. Because he steps, on that one run, he steps four or five people. Yeah. A couple of them are unnecessary as well, which <laughs> makes it so much better. Hey, he does it with Aplom. Gio Aplom. Geography six, Corey Hill. Corey Hill stepped me as my Uh so, um to look at the teams, to pick up on them a bit, we have the Springboks made a lot of changes whereas Namibia pretty much kept with what's close to their strongest team, it's in the strongest back line pretty much. Yeah. Um so teams Kotzer at ten with Elton Yankees. Eugene Yankees, sorry, I've made that mistake before. <laughs> yeah. They brought in Heine Bock on the wing. Yes. To play against the box. Yes. And of course, something that I've learned subsequent to our previous episodes on Namibia, mm. is that they brought him in for Comrade Murray, who was in Invictus. Yes! Yes! Comrade Murray, M- Namibian winger. So, Invictus was 2009? Uh, came out 2010. 2010, so, yeah. okay. So, around that time... So, I don't know, I'm just going to check. Was he capped by Namibia at that point? Or was he just some young aspiring... He got his first cap in 2010. So, I guess he was some aspiring international rugby player... Yeah. Who... Well, he was probably playing Curry Cup or something at the time. Yeah. You know. And I actually... Extra bit of money on the side. Yeah. Before this game, I also watched the Springboks press conference uh, where they sent out Willem Alberts, uh, who talked about being moved into the second row, uh, which he, he hadn't played there for quite a long time. You know, yeah. He hadn't played much Super Rugby there. Never mind. He hadn't played the Springboks before. Yeah. Uh, they sent out Rowan Pinar, um, who didn't start in the end, I don't believe. No. No, um, he was on the bench. Yeah. yeah. But he was sent out to chat about it. Um, and he also sent CJ van der Linde, who sat in the corner the whole time, not talking and sort of smirking. Um, I always so... imagined CJ van der Linde didn't talk. No, I always just made noises. I might... Yeah, exactly. Like I imagine bleeps. a sort of cave troll. Yeah. Yeah, and bleeps. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a video like game character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's Radiohead. Yeah. yeah. So, Ruin Peanut is asked about the Namibian team. And he says, yes, sir, there's, there's some of them we've heard of. Really? Yeah. So he says they've got some players that play in the Curry Cup. Some players that play overseas oh, that we've man. heard. Um, yeah, so they've got some players we've heard of. There's um, a way of masking that that's what you mean. <laughs> yes. Like, do you remember uh, in the 2019 World Cup, Eddie mm. Jones talking about the USA? And he oh. says, oh, well, I've got, they've got uh, Sean Davis, he's a good kicking nine. They've got, oh, McGinty's a good player. <laughs> uh, 
They've got a few others. They've got some great players. They have. They're going to come at us like fifteen Donald Trumps. Oh yeah, he said that, didn't he? He did. He did. And I get it more if the players haven't. Players don't know individual opposite numbers for teacher nations. Yeah. But you expect the coaches to. I always think you or want the coaches to, to him. To, yeah, you know? exactly. And the, the England in oh, this is a huge chance of England clearly done analysis on the USA. Mm. Basically, they'd worked out how they exit and they designed a game plan yeah. around shutting down their exits. Yeah. But yeah, so. Anyway, the South African team, yeah, uh, they weren't really au fait. They weren't really following them, clearly, the Namibian side. No. Um, but perhaps they should have been, because uh, not in this team for this game. However, I think this is the perfect opportunity to talk about him, is Schalk van, van der Merwe. Right. Okay. Do you remember Schalk van der Merwe? Not really. Namibia flanker, you know, play. I think he won maybe like 12 caps or something. Don't remember him at all. So he played in... Also, I think, yeah. Well, I can't, this is the second Namibian player who isn't playing that we've discussed I know. on this. However, I want to talk about him for a minute. So he was okay. due to play in this game and he pulled out just beforehand. Right. I think it was like a tight calf or something. Okay. You know, whatever. However, by his standards, that is an incredibly minor injury. Okay. Okay. Because in his day job, Schalk van der Merwe is a lion tamer. My God. <laughs> yeah. So he runs one of Namibia's biggest lion taming farms, lion sanctuaries. Lion sanctuaries is the word. Okay. Sure. So he, for a living, is a lion tamer. Wow. Right. Okay. So he almost pulled out the World Cup because he fell out with the coach. And then the coach was replaced last minute. And so he then ended up making the squad after all. Okay. Um, he fell out with the coach. Was he just having ongoing negotiations or booking time off work at the, at the <laughs> lion sanctuary? Yeah. And then he said owl sanctuary. <laughs> and a freaking lion sanctuary. How about it? Yeah, was he just having arguments on trying to book time off with the lion sanctuary? So, uh, so, else can tame the so in the lead up to this World Cup, right? This World Cup was in 2011, if you haven't noticed this. You haven't worked that out from all of them not talking about this World Cup we've done. In 2010, he decided to diversify his lion sanctuary and start taking in cheetahs as well. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, so like uh, Max Warney signed for him. Nice. Uh, him. Yeah. Nice. Um, so yeah. So shock random over lion tamer. Right. I want to put him forward as the hardest man in this World Cup. Okay. 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 Right. Okay. That's a bold Who would be claim. your contender as the next oh, hardest man in the World Cup? Um, I don't know. Like Scott Berger's on the pitch. Scott Berger. Scott Berger. Hard man. Not a bad shout. Yeah. Um, Mamuku Gogodze went to this World Cup. Mamuku Gogodze. Okay. There's a few in the Georgia team who. are who are contenders. Yeah. However, none of them ever headbutted a lion. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. So, Schalk van der Merwe... Mind you, Scott Berger, he gouged a lion. I was going to make that joke. I was going to make that... I had that joke written down in my notes. I was going to make that joke. I Never mind. I several times steal your thunder on this podcast, oh, it's, it's awful. <laughs> um, Sorry. So, one day, Schalk van der Merwe was... He was in his lion sanctuary, which is already a hell of a sentence. Can you imagine, like, James Haskell running a lion sanctuary? Oh, that would be good. Like, what international flankers do you think could run a lion sanctuary? Um, Justin Tipperick lassoing them all. I've, I reckon Josh van der Fleer yeah. should have a lion sanctuary. He's just bending them over all the time and, like, stealing the t- toys from lions. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> It's like the, um, what's her face? And like, he'd run it with Kevin McLaughlin. Cool, cool, of course he would. Yeah. 
I remember Kevin McLaughlin. He was a good yeah, player. He was a good player, wasn't good he? Good player. Yeah. Um, so, one day, Shog van der Merwe is in his lion sanctuary. Yeah. When he spots one of the lions has a baboon in its mouth. What? <laughs> now, Shog van der Merwe's sister loves baboons. They are, according of to the interview I found, her favourite primate. <laughs> Does she have a list that's been published somewhere? <laughs> like a top five. Yeah. My top ten primates of 2009. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has some squid diaries and some yes. baboon diaries that she keeps somewhere. And, hey, maybe, maybe it's a vampire lion and that's why they're needing to rescue it. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Sucking blood of baboons. Yeah. Should we listen to the vampire primates? And, uh, <laughs> we should. We should really tune into that. And we could maybe get some money-making advice while we're there. <laughs> um, so upon seeing a lion with a baboon in its mouth, yeah. Shock van der Merwe's first instinct is to hop the fence and go into the enclosure with the lion. Right. Yeah. He's since said he can't work out why he did that. He doesn't he can't justify why he immediately jumped into a cage sure. with six lions. I mean, one of which point, is eating a baboon. At this point, I think it's fair to say he's harder than Ben McCallum. <laughs> yes, as in he exists. Yeah. Um so he then says, I started trying to pull a baboon out of the lion's mouth. Okay. It didn't work, so I hit the line in the face with my fist. <laughs> so it didn't work, meaning the line was digesting the baboon at this point. <laughs> so he saw that the line was, was having his snack, which was a baboon. And he thinks, well, I'm not having this. And he just twats him in the face. <laughs> Can you imagine that? You're just eating your lunch. Some, <laughs> some animal, like, half your size runs up to you and just twats you in the face for eating your sandwich, trying to tug your sandwich out your mouth. <laughs> I also love that thread of logic. Oh, he shouldn't be eating that. <laughs> what am I going to do about it? I'm going to run from him and punch him. Like the lion's just going to go, oh, no, fair enough. Yeah. I shouldn't be eating that baboon. I've learned my lesson, you know? rather than thinking no 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 this kid is inferior I could bite your hand off right now yeah. I just swallowed a baboon I could I could have your arm for oh, tea oh yeah there's a there's a separate episode about when S- Scott Baldwin visited the lion's sanctuary yeah there is yeah. so I hit the lion in the face with my fist but it just closed its eyes so, so- <laughs> it's just really good to me that his motivation for punching this massive lion in the face yeah. Was that his sister's favourite primate? Yes, was being eaten. I also so... I don't know how the baboon got in the enclosure. Yes. <laughs> it was a lion and cheetah sanctuary. For some reason, there's a baboon. That's not a kind of cheetah. <laughs> no, and maybe it's cheating its way in. But uh-huh. it's Rich- Richie McCall. Ah. Hey. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to read this full quote from the beginning again. Okay. 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 I started trying to pull the baboon out of the lion's mouth. <laughs> Sorry, I just remembered what we're talking about. It didn't work, so I hit the lion in the face <laughs> with my fist, but it just closed its eyes. So I headbutted it. <laughs> I I just imagine. <laughs> oh no, is there more? Please, but go on. <laughs> I imagine it was a full-on Zidane-style headbutt yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, like a full Like he takes a proper run-up. Yeah, sure, sure. If you go in half-hearted, literally headbutting a lion that's eating a primate, that could... He could very easily just bite your head off, right? <laughs> I don't think this lion... I mean, I don't want to stereotype, but I don't think he showed much remorse. No. 
No, he's, he's very forceful about, <laughs> I'm eating this snack, mate. So he inverted a lion. I don't know how that comes into your head. Yeah. I don't know at what point you think, I'm going to headbutt a so lion. I've, right, I've punched this guy in the face. He's not learned his lesson. Yeah. He's going, no, I'm just chewing a snack here, mate. No, he's punching me in the face. Let me crack on here. And he thinks, okay, okay, okay. The fist, not quite good no. enough. My head, that's hard. That's that's what we need. That's hard. The bit where my brain is, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. To be fair, though, right, the lion isn't going to bite him. He knows that for certain. True. He's and occupied. if it does bite him, he's won. Because he's got the baboon out of his mouth. That said, I know he's an international flanker or anything, but he'd probably outrun him. Yeah, yeah. You know, if he wanted I... to drop the baboon and then Skulk <laughs> just decides, you know what, I've had enough lads, call it off. So, okay, so he headbutts the lion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is my favourite bit because there's a big leap in the quote. It didn't work first time. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> It didn't work, Skulk. It's a massive <laughs> fucking lion. It's trying to headbutt a lion. <laughs> Again, what thread of logic do you think that goes well for you? <laughs> it would just make him bite down harder on the baboon. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I headbutted it. It didn't work first time. After a while, I hit the lion over the head with a rock. <laughs> And I got the baboon out, okay. but it died. Yeah, yeah, I should think so. <laughs> I just wasn't thinking. <laughs> you can say that again. So, by the time uh, Skulk Vandermeer, is that his yes. name? Yeah. Has walked over to the enclosure, gone, hmm, that lion's, he looks, what's he doing? He's <laughs> eating something. Wait, that's a, ba- hang on a second, the baboon, that's my sister's favourite primate. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> hop the fence or get in. The, give yeah. me the keys. I want. I need to oh, get no, into he hops the fence. He jumped over. Hops the fence. Yeah, yeah. He hops the fence. Gets over. Thinks right. This guy. He's having it. Twats him around the face once. Yeah. Thinks, okay. Okay. That's not enough. Gonna headbutt him. Gonna headbutt. Him. By the time he's done all of that, the baboon is definitely dead. Yeah. Exactly. So you've just angered a lion for what? Uh, I hate to, I mean, never give up, kids. But that was a lost cause. I. I think so. R.I.P. The baboon. My favorite thing as well. Is that he then said he then makes it very clear he wants to make it clear this was a really tame lion. So <laughs> even a tame lion can be very dangerous when it's eating. No shit. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that advice, Shulk. I'm glad you got Namibia's prime, their first rate. Would he have headbutted him twice? If it was a less tame lion. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we should get him on the podcast and ask him. I think we should. <laughs> to be fair, he is the hardest man I've ever heard. Oh, of. that's true. Actually. I kind of i I don't want him to hear this. No, I wouldn't want to go on about the fact he wasn't thinking. Well, he said himself he didn't know what he was thinking. Yeah, I know. But but also, I wouldn't want to dwell on that. What a story! That's a like like you know like at a party when people are doing anecdote tennis, you know, and sure. people are throwing up different stories, and he goes, "I heard about a lion." Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, "Fair play, you win." Let's sit around and listen to you. Yeah. I don't think many of the flankers at this World Cup would have anything that rivals that, really. No, I I really, really don't think so. Uh, do you agree with my claim that he is the hardest man at this World Cup? Yeah, he, he probably is. He's um, Yeah, he's definitely got a bit more of a backbone than Dan Parks. I, I agree. Can you imagine a fight between... Can you imagine Dan Parks headbutting a lion? <laughs> 
I he couldn't imagine. He'd kick it. He'd try and kick it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> he just kicked the baboon. I couldn't imagine Dan Parks headbutting an ant. No, let alone a lion. So the fact that he went as far as headbutting a lion and beating it over the head of a rock, but it didn't even work. <laughs> he did it all for nothing. Surely by the time he picked the rock up, he thought, okay, there's a chance the baboon might be dead. Yeah. I mean, because clearly the lion's really playing with food, isn't he? He's really taking mm. his time eating it. Yeah. Um, so that's the Namibia team. That's the Namibia team. I've actually, I've got more on uh, Namibia. You're a moron. That's really hurtful. Namibia's qualifying, we'll come back to. Okay. Namibia sure. had an incident during the last qualifying game. Did they? However, they did qualify and they lost 87-0 to the Springboks. Yeah. Shame about that. Um, so we've talked about Joe Aplon's first try. How, should we pick up on some of the other scores, some of the other tries? Sure. Well, there was a moment of history among mm. the South Africans in this match because this was the game in which Brian Habana finally, after a bit of a while, a bit of a wait, broke Joost van der Westhuizen's try-scoring record for the Springboks and became finally everyone knew it was going to happen <laughs> their top try-scorer, which mm. you know. Good on him. I yeah. mean, obviously he now has that record not not far and away, but... He's pretty far and away. He's It'll be a while before someone catches him. Yeah. It's safe to say. I mean, he's he's currently second on the all-time list to only Dasuki Oata. Yeah. Who, Oata's record is insane. Yeah. And if anyone catches it, it'll be because player welfare's gone out the window and people are now scoring, you know, they're now playing 20 yeah. tests a year and so on. Um, yeah. That'll be a difficult one because the thing is, there's... <laughs> There's two strands to the Oata thing because people say it's because he played for a decent team against yeah. crap opposition. He was actually a very good player. He was a really good himself. finisher. Yeah. Like, yeah. And you, he scored in most of the games against Tier 1. He scored against most Tier 1 teams he yeah. played. He yeah. scored against Scotland. He scored against Wales. You know, he, he consistently scored in World Cups. It wasn't just like he'd yeah. only score against Hong Kong. He scored yeah, six exactly, tries in the game. Exactly. And like if Kenki Fukuoka played against bad teams mm. like 10 times a year, he probably would score a similar amount of yeah. tries. Exactly. But that said, we regularly refer to Kenji Fukuoka as like a world-class yeah. finisher. And so. it's the thing we saw last year was that uh, Fukuoka and Mashishima went from being the most dangerous players in Tier 2 rugby to just the most dangerous players in the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> this, yeah. It's an easy step up to make. But yeah, no, Brian Habana with, again, a moment mm. of history. And like, it was great that he got sort of a very nice clear run in and like... You could see that he he knew the whole time, like yeah. well, he'd obviously known for ages. The next time I score for South Africa, I've broken the record. Yes, and you could see as he was crossing the line, like a big smile on his face, and yeah, yeah he's finally made it. So that's just yeah. always that's that's just Brian Habana. Yeah, he is a Your wonderful friend. man. Oh yeah, uh, he's genuinely one of the nicest men I've ever spoken to. Yeah, um, it was over a Zoom call, to. but he was so lovely. He was he was such a nice man, and mm. it's a pro- you know they say never make your heroes, but do if your hero is Brian Habana. Fair enough, because um, he's. Fantastic! Everybody whose hero is Brian Banner, go meet him. Yeah, um, it's probably quite easy to do. I did it. I spoke to him, and he was really like, you know, him saying at the end, "Oh, it's great to speak to you for the first time." Oh. In a, I know. In like, I hope we continue, you know. And him direct, he stopped me just before I introduced the interview. I was doing it for the, the show I do for World Rugby, um, and he said, "Sorry, do you, I just want to check. Do you want me to call you Robbie or Squidge?" And I said, "Yeah, I don't, you're Brian Banner. You can call me Robbie." Like, yeah, exactly. He just called me that twat, and he called me Robbie the whole way. Uh, he's such a nice man. He's great. And like we had technical difficulties halfway and he didn't, you know, and I kept apologising like, it's Brian Habana and my internet's gone weird and yeah. I'm ruined, you know, blah, blah. and By he was way, so nice about it. On that point, mm. your name is Robbie Owen or Squidge, some people will call you. Why are we doing this? 
because we, we don't. Yeah, we don't introduce ourselves now. Oh, got rid of it. Got rid of it as a feature. Yeah, uh, we just talk about lions being well, busted every time. And my squids. name is redacted. No, nobody must know my identity for this episode. <laughs> Short random over. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Short random over. The vampire squid. Nobody can know my identity for the duration of this episode of the podcast. Okay, never mind then. I am. I am anonymous. <laughs> Right, uh, did you leak all those documents about <laughs> paedophiles recently? Yes, I will, Owen, leak those documents. Okay, uh, more South Africa tries because there's plenty to get through. Yeah, um, And it is basically Namibia kind of holding them out a bit for the first 50-odd minutes. Yeah. Then about 50, just before the hour mark, um, they just go to pieces. They concede one more try, and then from there on out, Anything either side does, like not just anything South Africa does, anything either side does results in the try for the Springboks. Yeah, yeah. And it's quite frustrating because mm. you look at, they conceded, what, two or three tries in the first half, yeah. maybe a fourth, but just before half time, I think. Uh, and you feel like they've probably conceded two tries at the, near the start. So Habana's try was on the 22nd minute. Okay, yeah, then they have to wait until the 38th minute until they concede the bonus point. Uh, which is Jacques Ferry's try. Yeah. So at that point, you're probably kind of thinking you're less than 20 points down. Yeah. And you're doing that thing where you're doing an impression of a team that's in the game. Yeah. yeah. And you can see when Ferry scores that try where Franz Stein sort of... It's a lovely try. Yeah. It's just Franz Stein picks quite a nice line between two players. And carries a few people with yeah. it. Yeah. And then managed to free an arm and just like pop it out the back to Jacques yeah. Ferry, who times his run really well, goes under the post. And you can the thing is, you can see Jacques Berger run into the shot, and that's the first point where he looks disappointed in the yeah. match, where he thinks like, oh, we could have stopped that try. Yeah. Because the first couple of shots, I mean, that Geo Aplon try and that Habana try, you think, well, what can we do to stop that? Yeah. They are quicker, they're better at handling, they're stronger than us. Yeah. They, they are the Springboks, we are... You know, Namibia, we we want to challenge them, sure, mm. but we're not going to stop those tries. They've gone around the outside. Then there was the penalty try as well, which they couldn't really have helped. No, exactly. Um, they've got the sheer you know, quality got, of their yeah, front row. Steinkamp, Van der Linde, you know, top quality props. Yeah. They're going to score penalty tries. It's fine. They're going to mull, mull you in the scrum. Uh, but that three try was the first time Berger had a look on his face of they've just taken us through the middle there and that's yeah. really disappointing and it kind of begins to become the case of yeah you look at most of the Springboks tries in the second half and they're front up tackling they're missing yeah. you know yeah. whereas <clears throat> whereas or soaking the, up tackles you know yeah whereas the box in the grounds. first half were having to work to get outside them and they could because they were skillful players and they had two stupidly quick wingers yeah. who were able to finish the two tries from distance uh, the Pabans try and Naplon's first try they you know, both ran in from 30, 40 metres. Yeah. They weren't having to work that hard no. in the second half, you know, and it no. was a cover tackle here and there rather than sure. rather than really aggressive tackling. And you, you got the sense they were just exhausted because it was the same yeah. team that played... Basically, the same team played the full game against Fiji and most of that team, probably like 70% of it, played tomorrow as well. Yeah. Uh, not yeah. that we've seen that game, but... <laughs> um, True. But to carry on to the next try, which was scored by Franz Stein... That started by Francois Hohart going for a quick tap. Yeah. And he just very easily sides through the defence. And he it, he looks like he's playing in about the, the 15th minute of the match. Yeah. Whereas Namibia looked like they're playing in the 60th. And there's a very clear golfing class at that point and fitness and speed. Yeah. And Danny Rousseau does this really nice offload over to Stain. Fran, you know when you watch 
like championship rugby or ITM Cup rugby or Curry Cup rugby or something, yeah. you know, like that semi-pro standard of rugby. And there's one player who regularly plays in the Premiership or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Francois Hugar at times looked like that. You know, he looked like he was just above the sun of everyone else around him. Yeah. Which is weird because he's, he's a good international player, but he's not, he's never been the world's best. You know? Yeah. It's um, like when you have a really low quality, like, like a second team game of rugby. Yeah. And you've got one player who's not necessarily the best, but is the quickest and just yeah, decides yeah. I'm going to run as hard as possible here and can score at will. Yeah, exactly. He's effectively that player in yeah. this match. And, you know, he plays, what, 60 odd minutes at nine. He then moves on to the wing. Yeah. And he's really effective in both positions. Yeah. And he's constantly hitting that same line he was doing against Wales and coming off his wing and yeah, uh, and yeah. running the same line that he ran whenever he played as a winger. Yeah, um, and that's the thing. Like, again. Having him as a constant threat in the middle of the field all game was one thing. <clears throat> but then having Fora Dupree, who is <clears throat> the best scrum half at the, in the world at bringing out the best in the players outside yes. him, uh, come onto the field and turn him into an outfield threat mm. so hard is not what the Namibians needed. No. No, not at all. And eventually, Hohart scores a try of his own after... Of course, there's another one where Mone Stain scores from Hohart going to the blind side himself and gives yeah. Mone Stain. And then he gets his own pass from Dupria and scores a very familiar try. Yeah. If you want a stat that kind of shows you the difference between the two halves, mm-hmm. right? Fran- uh, Mone Stain plays 10 for the first 60 minutes. Then uh, Rumpinar comes on, takes over the kicking. Yeah, they nailed the same number of conversions. Wow! They both got six of the twelve tries. Wow, that's so, incredible. Yeah, and this is back when he had to convert penalty tries as well. Yeah, so of course, that counts. Yeah. So yeah, it's the box just become rampant, and it becomes quite sad in the second half. And like the, the Francois Stain try is excellent and really well taken. Yeah, uh, and there's a few that are just just very nice. Again, Hugo's second try in the last minute. Uh, he has a long run yeah. down the wing. He does a really over the top side step. Yeah. Um, and runs it in from what 80 meters it's that point when you have a winger who is capable of playing scrum half and he gets the ball from mm. a scrum half position he thinks yeah yeah I'm going to show off I can play <laughs> scrum half here and then he darts through Yeah, and you can tell how knackered Kotzer is at the back oh, trying yeah. to tackle well not even trying to tackle him <laughs> yeah it's a very easy step on him it's a shame we didn't get more prime Tane's Kotzer content yeah I know uh, he didn't get, really get any drop goal opportunities he didn't no. really get any penalties he could kick from his own half you would hope that after going 80 points Mm. down they could claw their way back in with a few three points yes hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. No, just, you know, 30-odd drop goals would have done it. I think he'd have been up for that. If there's yeah, anyone I'd back so. to score 30 straight up goals and manufacture a win over the Springboks, it's yeah. Tynes Gotzer. And within one minute as well. Oh, of course, yeah. He'd, he'd 
it wouldn't take well, him more than 10. Yeah, yeah. You know, got at least 29 restart. and make it level, Yeah, I exactly. Or at least, you know, maybe go for like 27 and go for yeah. a losing bonus point, I guess. However, the one Namibia player that I think we do get prime content from yeah. is former I- two-time IOB Try of the Year nominee, Crisanda Bota. Yeah. So, we've talked before <laughs> about two-time IOB Try of the Year nominee, Crisanda Bota. Uh, who has, of course, been nominated twice for the Ivy Tribe of the Year Award. Yes, he has, actually. He has. No, you um, who very much counter-attacking fullback, um, yeah. you know, went on after this World Cup to sign for Exeter. Uh, yeah. Played two seasons there, I think. Uh, yeah, three, one or two seasons. You know, played for, for a while. And actually played. But he was well-received, yeah, yeah. I watched as well Super, no, Total Rugby's piece on him from oh. just before the 2015 World Cup. And Rob Baxter, the smiliest and happiest I've ever seen him. Really? He was like twinkle in his eye, Rob Baxter, talking about how much he loves... Chris Andabota and oh. how he well went on like this worldwide hunt for a fullback that had all these specific Did attributes he just and he was already found across Chris Andabota rather than two time I know I yeah. try of the year nominee he didn't Andabota. know his full name he called him Chris Ander, which what? is frankly disrespectful rather than two time I be try of the year yeah, nominee yeah at least call him Chris Tutti yeah you know if you yeah exactly but no shorthand but yeah the point you're going to come on to is the tackle yeah the tackle this is kind of the thing the game is best known for. Yeah, this it's is the clip of... that goes viral still. Yeah. Forget Brian Habana breaking the record. Yeah, but it's funny because that's the thing that it should be remembered for. They should be, sure. it's the game where Brian Habana broke the Springbok record. Or it's the the box highest scoring game of the last, I think, 15 years. Right, you yeah. Know, 87-0, uh, which is a few points. That's more than one. Yeah, it's 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 at least 12. So, however, the moment that is remembered that World Rugby will share on their Twitter and Instagram and so on yeah. about... About once every six months. Yeah, I reckon so. Um, is the tackle two-time IB Try the Year nominee Chris Andabota makes on Tendai the Beast on Tarira. Yeah. So the Beast has a nice run down the wing and he actually outpaces one of the Namibians, doesn't he? Yeah. And probably takes him on the outside and he's fitter than him. It's <clears throat> That's what it is. And the Beast, to be fair, no slouch. No. Never was. And Especially a... at this stage of his career where yeah, he had absolutely. a level of pace to him. Yeah. And... Really builds up a good head of steam, mm. and he just eyes at Prisanda Bota and thinks, "I'm having you." And Bota, to his credit, is technically not the best tackle because he obviously rolls him over. Yeah, and he just acts as a speed bump. But dude, stop the beast! Yeah. That's what he'll be telling his grandkids. You know, it's well, it's a fantastic tackle. It's quite easy to find as well. You know, Wardrobe people uploaded it twice to YouTube. Yeah. Um. So there's one is just like bravest tackle ever question mark. Yeah. And the other is Bota stops the beast. Yeah. Um, so look up. Two-time IB Try of the Year nominee, Crisanda Bota tackling Tendai and Palolila, uh, aka, AKA the, the Beast, beast. Uh, in South Africa versus Namibia 2011, which ended 87-0. Then you might find this video. Yes. And then look up uh, any Lion Sanctuaries in Namibia while we visit. Yeah. Good um, idea. So, <clears throat> yeah. So, it's uh, I've been in that situation as a fullback in which you have someone You've six times your size. Yes. It was it was really tricky. I don't know why Luke Fitzgerald was coming at me. So, anyway, I've been in that situation as a fullback yeah. where you've got someone six it's times your size running it? at you. But that's where you want you want it to be on the wing so that they don't really have an option, you know, so that they are just running at you. Yeah. And you say it's technically not a great tackle. I think it's exactly what you need to do. Oh, it is. It is. It you is. put your body but in the way more than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you... not what you teach kids to do because obviously no. he, he jacked his speed but, bump. But it's exactly oh, yeah, what you need no, no, to no, do. No, he's not a speed bump. He's a banana peel. He's something yeah, you he trip is... over. Yeah. You know, like yeah. a speed bump slows you down. 
Yeah, Whereas so, that is yeah. some, you just get in the way, you hold on to him, yeah. and the thing that ha- the next thing that happens is the beast is then penalised for trying to double movement because Chris Anderbo just yeah. holds onto his ankles for dear yeah. life. Yeah, and like, I I remember playing in a game when I was maybe seventeen, mm-hmm. uh, playing fullback, and the opposition number eight making a break, coming steaming right through over the top of like twelve people running at me, and I remember closing my eyes to make this tackle on him. Yeah, um, and I remember then just hearing an oof. From the crowd. Oh, I remember that. I remember like, that. Yeah, 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 you were there. Watching yeah. That, yeah. Um, and not knowing whether the tackle had been successful yeah, or not. Yeah, yeah. And opening my eyes and he was lying on the floor next to me. Yeah, I can remember having a similar thing where a prop broke line. He was a really, really quick prop as well. Mm. He probably would have done me for pace. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and for some reason I was playing fullback. Um, and I can remember just sticking my body in the way mm. and just hoping my shoulder would do the work. Yeah. And then thinking I've just been bounced here yeah. and going onto the floor and then hearing a massive applause yes, because yes. the guy the, the guy rolled over and he dropped the ball yeah, and yeah. I was thinking oh my god thank god for that that I'd done enough to you know I had the exact the ball <laughs> because... they always drop the ball don't yeah, they yeah yeah because they don't expect it yeah, they, they don't, don't expect, expect to lose it yeah. to be tackled yeah I also got up and tried to jackal it um, <laughs> because I'm a frustrated seven at yeah home. you're getting carried away now <laughs> yeah I know I'm just going to do everything yeah. I'm going to try and run 60 metres pushing your luck put the conversion over as well yeah and um, spat a lion <laughs> Yeah, I just do that anyway. That's a Sunday for me. Um, sure. So yeah, two-time IB nominee, try of the year, Chris Ander, both as a fantastic tackle. Yeah. And it is kind of the moment to talk about from this game. We've talked yeah. about and it. And that's now. what people remember him for. Yeah. Chris Ander. As I, much I, as, yeah, you know, whatever. the two times he got nominated for yeah. IB try of the year. And as much as he scored some good tries for Exeter as well. Like he was, yeah, he was yeah, a yeah. good, useful player. Um, and it was the thing back to talked about that he was looking for work with a certain skill set. Yeah, and that was what Bota had. Yeah, um, there's a bit in that piece as well where he says the one thing I've really struggled with since moving over to Exeter is the weather, and then it cuts to Baxter saying the weather's been great since he came. He's in for a shock when it comes to winter. Oh no! <laughs> so I want an update on that. Yeah, I want to know if he Tondre Shiranged it and held his. I remember Tondre Shiranged when he signed for the Dragons for a week beforehand or something for a while between signing for the Dragons and moving to Newport. He used to every day put his hand in a bucket of icy water so he'd get used to the cold weather. I have an anecdote about this. Do you? The, the rugby club I play at, there's... I just uh, want to mention, I've mentioned Tonda Rashiranga two episodes in a row. And have you now? the streak up now. Yeah. Nice. So the rugby club I play yeah. which is Long Eaton Rugby Club, for anybody listening. Uh, there was an eight and a nine from who played for the first team about 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And the number nine was Fijian. And he'd recently moved over. Mm-hmm. And there was one point where they had a move where the number eight would flick it through his legs to the number nine. Right. Uh, and then I would carry. So the eight does that. And at this point, as the scrum's setting, it starts hailing. And the nine, Fijian nine catches it, stops with the ball and goes, what's this? What's this weather? And stops, like genuinely stops with the ball, like concerned, like, is this okay? Not sure what the hail is. it's the end of the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I will also add that, that Fijian number nine, he is a legend of the club. And he is, <laughs> he was hard as anything. Yeah, yeah. And Did one of the most insanely talented players I've ever met. He's never punched a line oh, to okay. my knowledge. Okay. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if some of the stories of Hope from Alan Lights Out. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. my anecdote about uh, Southern Hemisphere players acclimatising to weather thank in you. the Northern Hemisphere. That's very good. That's very good. Uh, do you want to hear another anecdote about things being fling around? Sure. Like the hail is. So, as I mentioned, Namibia had a slightly challenging run into this World Cup. Of course. So unlike 2015, where obviously they lost that first game uh, yeah. and they managed to scramble and had to win their last game by like 60 points or something yeah. to qualify. And they did it, you know. They won each game, 
but it came down to the final match against Tunisia. Right? Okay. So if they beat Tunisia, who were who aren't a great team, if we're honest, sure. like are one of the lower teams. You like, hear about them when you watch that Total Rugby program. Exactly. Yeah. Called. Yeah. Okay, here's the Tunisian fly half. Yeah. And he'd be talking be about Kiwi. how. Yeah. <laughs> No, he'd be like a bloke who went on a summer camp and he met Victor Matfield. Yeah. And while he was there, like Victor Matfield gave him a beanie hat and yeah. he wears it before <laughs> Some every goal match. kicking lessons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's t- practicing his chip at the tops. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, all these inspirational stories and they'd be like, like they're prop who eats crisps at half time every week <laughs> or something. Um, so, yeah. So, however... Namibia had to beat Tunisia and they were ranked far above them, you know, like I last time I watched Namibia play Tunisia before the World Cup last year mm-hmm. and they won by like hundred and twenty points. Okay, like, yeah. Obviously this was ten years previous, so there'd be different sure. teams, but yeah. Sure. They they'd be expected to win by fifty, sixty points. Fine. Yeah. Um but if Tunisia beat Namibia, they'd qualify instead. Okay. So the Namibians arrive at the airport. Okay. They, okay. They arrive into Tunisia. Okay. And at which point they can hear this heckling. They can hear people just screaming and shouting and swearing at them. Okay. Uh, until they get through into kind of the main lounge, the main arrival space. At which point people from a distance start throwing rotten eggs and tomatoes at them. Jesus. Yeah. So. Did any of them have baboons in their mouth? <laughs> I hope not. Um, otherwise you'd have twatted them. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can throw eggs at me all you like, but if you've got baboon in your mouth, mate, my sister's favourite primate, you've gone too far. So, yeah, the Namibians then hurried onto the team bus because they're having eggs thrown at them. Yeah. Um, so they get on the team bus to head to the team hotel. And these people who are throwing eggs at them get on motorbikes and ride alongside the team bus, Jeez. throwing things at the bus. Do they care that much about the World Cup qualification in Tunisia? Well, I guess that it's the first time they could ever qualify for a World Cup. Yeah, I guess you know? so. Probably their best ever shot. If they're really passionate Tunisian rugby fans, yeah. you're going, this is our best shot. They might be the team for all we know. Like They, they haven't been identified. Yes, so eventually, though, the team arrive at the hotel. They manage to keep these guys out of the hotel. They, don't, they can't get in. However, these guys have a plan B. Oh, no. Take a guess. Where do you think this is going? Is it something really violent? It's not violent. Okay. Um, what they do... Well, suddenly, that night, half the Namibian team received knocks on the hotel doors. Oh. And they answer the doors, and there are a load of prostitutes. Jesus. Someone had paid for a load of prostitutes to come to visit their rooms, and they then proceed to knock on the doors. do you want to know how they dealt with the situation did they just accept the prostitutes and just go fair play no 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 no. i'll give you a quote on that in a minute they of course sent out shulk vandermeerva no (laughs) so shulk vandermeerva rounds up the prostitutes in the corridor takes them down to the team reception presumably because he's so hard they're just like Oh, look at the, the, He's carrying I, them over his shoulders. Yeah. I don't know what he does, but I know he's the one that then brings them out from the corridor. Because they were knocking like three in the morning as well. Like They'd come probably in the middle of the night <laughs> to disrupt their preparation yeah, the night yeah. before the game. <laughs> so they get Shulk Vandermeer. And the best thing is, Shulk Vandermeer, you were saying, did they, did they accept their offers? He replied, no, they were really ugly. <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, so... hey, they've got a face like a baboon's ass. Nice. There you go. So, do you think that was him being quite open-minded about it? Thinking, well, <laughs> if I fancied them, then yeah. I wouldn't mind you know, Yeah. They'd Maybe the biggest for. game of my life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't have to spend anything. That's fine. But, my God. Apparently, at first, players would just chase them down the corridor, but they kept coming back. <laughs> Until they sent Shulk out. Which, that would do it. The bloke headbutted the lion. I like the thought that, you know, like, Darnie Darmas and Tynes Kotzer have opened the door. Oh, come on. What, what's up there? No, go away, go away, go away. And they come back, knock again, knock again, knock again. And then the, the, you've just got Eugene Yanji's lay there. Like, just get Skulk on him. Skulk opens the door like, what do you want? <laughs> um, the following day then, uh, the having chased away prostitutes in the night, uh, the Namibian team bus arrived 15 minutes before kickoff uh, because they figured the bus, the bus driver had been hijacked or paid off. Jesus. So they... The bus driver just drives them on like a loop around the city. No um, way. So they arrive late. Then during the game, apparently players would feel something burning on their legs, is the quote. No. Because there were boys in the stands with slingshots firing stones at them. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Do you know who was the referee of this match? It's George Clancy. No. Oh, no, sorry. I thought you meant of the South African movie game. No, no. It's George Clancy. No, 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 I yeah. don't know, yeah. Thanks for that, man. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I thought this match before. Oh, it's the one we're doing a podcast on. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the Rugby World Cup qualifier retrospective. Dude earned his money, whoever was refereeing. I know. I'm going to see if I can find it. So, yeah, so I don't know what they did. Namibia did win the game. Yeah, Namibia won the game 22 10. Right. Um, So they qualify. But presumably, that scoreline is brought down by the fact that, as I said, they were a better team than 22 10 than a 12 point win. Yeah. That scoreline is brought down by the fact that they're knackered, they haven't been able to sleep. Uh, they've been, they've had tomatoes and stones hurled at them, and during the game they've got kids with slingshots firing stuff at them. My God, that's fair play to them for winning that game because yeah. that just shows you're a better team. Yeah. And I tell you what, imagine turning it 50 minutes before kickoff. They probably have to get changed on the bus. <laughs> yeah, bear in mind, and then just do whatever warm up they can. Yeah, and then go out and imagine that huddle, just saying like, right, these twats think they can come in because. <laughs> Imagine if that happened to England or something. Yeah. To the All Blacks. Yeah. The fact that I hadn't heard that story until today. That's a huge story. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but there was all that fuss made over the England team bus arriving 20 minutes late to the World Cup final. And I guess the World Cup final is a different deal. Yeah. Oh, but massively, people yeah. blame them losing the game on that. Yeah. Not... They were deliberately sabotaged and have prostitutes knocking their doors in the sleep. My God. That's insane. Isn't so, it? 2011, they probably did. That's true. That's probably true. They're actually paid for. They're just Tindall Stag do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Loris Delalia sent to the wrong room. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that was Namibia's qualifying campaign. Wow. Where to go from there? I I mean, I've got another story about Short Random Over. Do you know? I've got a third one. I was thinking maybe we close the podcast out on this. Maybe this is like the okay, final feature. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but there's there's one more story about him I can bring up. Okay, okay. Because <laughs> he is my new favourite player. Uh, in that case, should we just... Um, should we know? Should we cover... So any of the other tries. So... Um, Jean de Jong came on and scored a couple of tries. Jean de Jong came on and scored two tries. He scored his first um, touch, first passage of play on the both field. Both of them from his end quite easy. Like, yeah, good supporting and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you don't want to... I don't want to 
take anything away from him. No, of course. Um, because being in the right place at the right time Absolutely. is a skill. And, and he did deserves exactly what he needed to get two World Cup tries. So, yeah. fair play to him. Absolutely. Um, Morley Singh scores a try. Yeah, good spoke name. about that. Yeah, but like... Always underrated attacking player. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've said this before. We said this with Gareth Mason on. Uh, um, Danny Rousseau scored a try where he just basically, again, he was that guy who decided he wanted to score by working a bit harder than everybody yes. else on the field and decided he'd actually run with a bit of vigour in the last couple of minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, all the tries, I think isn't that's it? about it. Any Nubby tries to cover? Uh, no. Oh, okay. None of them. Oh, just can't... scored a second try where they spread it wide didn't they yeah but it was a nice finish it was yeah, fine it was nice. it was good yeah sure you know the, the tries are easy enough to find on youtube if you want to look any of them up yeah but really it's a crusander both tackle the two sorry sorry i misspoke i got his name wrong. i want to apologize to two-time ivy try the year nominee crusander Bota for accidentally just calling him yeah because he has a mate who's hard who can come for you you know <laughs> he does he does and i am considerably softer than a lion yeah so he wouldn't think twice about twatting me should we go on to our so-called closing section? Yes. Yes. So, man of the match and dick of the day. Which do you want to start with? Um, should we start with man of the match? Because I think this is easier. Okay, okay. Uh, the thing is, man of the match, I mean, I have written down Francois Hohart mm. because he sets up a bucket load of tries. Yeah. But I'm tempted to just change my answer to Scott van der Merwe. Who didn't play. Who didn't play. <laughs> just because he's, he's the, the, the central character of this episode. Yes. I'm, I think it's man of the match rather than man of the episode. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Uh, I think in the spirit of it, I'll, I want to give it to Scott van der Merwe because it doesn't have to necessarily. We can bend the rules. We make the rules, you know. We, we do. Nobody's we telling do. us what to do, but it's Francois Hohard. I was the exactly player. the same thing. Francois Hohard had like it's one of the things you can't call it the game of his life, but it's the most dominant I've seen him perform. Yeah, you know, like, relative like, to everybody else on the field. Exactly. Like test match. Yeah. yeah. Like I've seen him play better games, but I haven't seen a game where yeah. he's so far above. And like. Of a world-class Springbok Mornay player. Stain was great. Mornay Stain yeah. was great. And Gio Aplon took his try as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But it's like, we know these players are good. Yeah. Let's give it to friends or Hohard. And you know, there was and a genuine so injection of stuff. You know, there's, yeah, he there's was, two tries, two assists. He brought something very different. And like that. pressure as the second yeah. to for de prayer as well. Yeah, exactly. Slash um, banner. Slash things piece. like the quick tap we mentioned for the Franz Stain try yeah. is crucial for them. The offload in the first try. Exactly. Um, and Stain's try. Mornay's, that is... Yeah, I, I he has a fantastic. direct hand in most of the tries. Yeah, uh, until he moves the wing, at which point he's just finishing them instead. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, Frandor Hugar, double man, man of the match. match. Double man of the match. Double man of the match. Congratulations to him. Very good, very good. Free shows for Frandor Hugar. Yeah. Dick of the day. Do you want to start or start? Sure. Yeah, go on. Um, I didn't really have anyone. Nothing stood out. There was no standout dick of the day moment in this game for me. Okay. So, I then noticed... That the referee was George Clancy. Ah, so it's George, Cl- it's George Clancy. Oh, okay, just because he's a dick. Yeah. It's just George Clancy. Well, I have. I'm going to bring up a previous dick of the day here. Okay. And as much as I again want to give it to the lion with the baboon in his mouth, <laughs> which or the baboon? How did the baboon? Yeah. need some credit. How did it end up in the lion's mouth? What baboon is traveling through like like rural Namibia, right? And thinking, you know what I fancy. Cracking lion sanctuary. That you guy. You can see it. Yeah. <laughs> he then heads in. He's like, oh, it's cheaters as well. It's diversified. I like this place. I like it. I like it. He is you as know brave what? as an Namibian fullback tackling the beast. Absolutely. He's also stupid. Which yeah. Is not a word I'd put on two time I be try the year nominee. Chris True. True. Uh, so 
I'm going to ignore for a minute the uh, Skulk van der Merwe lying yes. anecdote. And my dick of the day for scoring the joint most boring try the World Cup is Mr. P try. Oh, penalty try. Yeah. For coming up again and ruining our days. We want to see tries, man. We don't want to see penalty tries. I know. Uh, George Clancy is responsible for making that yeah. decision. Of, Good a point. penalty try has happened. But I'm giving it to Mr. P try for turning up and spoiling the party once again. We want to see Brian Abana let him score, you know? Yeah. It's not worth it. Even just an unbreak, got down from the back. Yeah, you exactly. Know, if you do have to score from the scrum, cares about penalty forward tries. love, I believe. Oh, I'm just trying so hard to be a try. Shut up. Yeah, you're not a try. Be a try. You're not a try. Idiot. Like, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't, like, all tries are valid and all tries are accepted and loved in their own right. Except penalty tries. But, no, but. They're not even like, tries. Th- I wish they wouldn't be so forward, you know? Mm. I don't know. Maybe I'm being, maybe I'm being. Um, a bit flower on it. Ha- yeah, harmful to penalty tries. And I, I should have considered that. But I'd love to talk to one, you know, and really get inside the mind of a penalty try. Yeah. Because I, I if feel there are any penalty tries listening to this. Please, please get, get in, in touch. touch. I imagine our audience amongst penalty tries is far greater than the, the vampire squids. That's yeah, I imagine penalty so. Tries. Penalty tries are usually doing financially pretty well, you know. I agree, yeah. No, they yeah. Tend, that's it. They're just, they're, they're posh pricks. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> are. Just, they sneak onto rugby pitches and score. Yeah, they're always on the scoreboard, but they're never playing, are they? You know, no, you exactly. never see a you never see a penalty drive on a support line. <laughs> exactly, exactly. They're never at the back making the try saving tackles. They're never running the dummy line so the thirteen can score this lovely try. Exactly, well, taking all the glory. Yeah, when's the last time you saw a now they're pen- kicking conversions as well? God, I know. When was the last time you saw a penalty try give a tip online? Exactly. Yeah. When was the last time you so saw a penalty a try? Yeah, sweep out the sheds. Yeah, you know? exactly. That penalty try wouldn't get into the All Blacks. He's not sweeping out the sheds. He's not humble enough. No, exactly. God damn it. The All Blacks are now henceforth banned from scoring penalty tries. Yeah, if they ever do it again, um, I'm going to riot. Are biased. I'm going to riot. Yeah. I'm just going to riot. Right. Can you please tell me your third and final <laughs> Skulk Vandermeer anecdote? So, <laughs> oh, this yeah. is a strong sentence to begin it. Okay. Not long before this World Cup, sometime in early 2011, I don't have an exact date, Schalk van der Merwe is arrested by the Namibian <laughs> authorities. Okay, okay. I want you to take three guesses at three. what he did. Uh, the crime, or whatever, the, the alleged crime, the thing he was arrested for, took place inside his lion sanctuary. Okay, I was going to say, did he use illegal weaponry to kill a lion? He did not. He did not involve the death of a lion. Okay, it's your first guess. Did he use illegal weaponry to harm a human being? He did not use illegal weaponry to harm a human being. Did he twat someone? Not quite. Okay, you're not many more. Do you want another guess? You're getting close. You're getting warmer. Um, uh, I don't know. What did he do? Schalk van der Merwe was arrested by the Namibian authorities for tipping a 17-year-old boy into a lion cage. Oh my god! The case was later dismissed, uh, so I don't know what... I I think, I believe what happened is he threatened to tip a boy in, the boy then backed off, fell into the cage, and sued him, or, you know, whatever, arrest, got him arrested for tipping him in, for deliberately throwing him in. The boy was okay. The boy lived to see him in court. Okay. Did that boy grow up to become Chad Plato? (laughs) Dot. Yeah. (laughs) That's it, he can't talk. He's still terrified of his encounter with a lion. 
Do you think that's it? Him leaving that thing on uh, the Sky Sports yeah. news thing. That's like, you know when you phone up 999, for example, yeah. and you can't speak, so you've got to type a number. I can't speak! Exactly. So you've got to type a number into the keypad. So yeah. that's basically what he was doing. That, exactly. that tweet was a yeah, cry yeah. for help. Yeah. And now he's finally getting the help he recognised because loads of people are responding <laughs> to him with dots. <laughs> because he couldn't quite get through to, to, to the authorities when yeah. he got Shot Vandermeer arrested. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot this detail. Okay. Um, so the 17 year old boy that fell into the lion enclosure the reason Vandermeer was angry with him was because he suspected him of stealing a sheep <laughs> okay there's so many layers to <laughs> this. Like, hey you stole my sheep I'm gonna throw no, you sir. in a lion no, enclosure sheep no. in an enclosure no you're in an enclosure why was there a sheep at a lion sanctuary? I presume he just keeps sheep as like a farming thing on the side. Okay, fair I, enough. I don't know for certain, but I'm, that's what I'm assuming. It was he stole one of his sheep. If <laughs> it still doesn't explain the baboon, though. <laughs> it doesn't. That's fair. Uh, so, okay, I don't know what led him to believe that a 17 year old boy mm. would just go quite fancy having a sheep. To be fair, to the point which you'd steal one from. Somebody who looks like Skulk van der Merv, who yeah. I, I assume is massive. Yeah. And then Skulk goes, no, no, you don't do that. That's not on. You know what the correct punishment is? I'm going to feed you to the lions. <laughs> I, I mean, his whole thing. Wait a second. What? Skulk van der Merv played for Ulster. Did he? Yeah. Am I, is this a different one? I this think is a I think it's a different one. It's a different one. Never yeah. mind. Yeah, yeah. So I can remember there being a Skulk van der Merwe. I don't remember there being Namibian one. Yeah, yeah. Or I recognise okay. the name when you said it, but I don't yeah, there was a separate prop. Sorry. Right. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, there was a prop and there's a background. Fine. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Okay. So yes, he was a truly extraordinary man. Yeah. Um, and do you want a? Okay. Okay. I just I I was wanting to look this up. Take a guess. Take a punt. How many lions did he have at his sanctuary as of 2007, ahead of that World Cup? Uh, I don't have really any numbers to base this off of what the average number of lions in a sanctuary is. Mm. I'm going to guess like 20-something. He has know. 17. Okay. He has 17. I don't know if it grew. This was before he started taking cheetahs. Um, <laughs> uh, it all began. His mum was... His mum worked in an animal orphanage in Namibia when he was a kid. And one day they took in a lion cub. And okay. Shulk van der Merwe went, this is my people. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is who <laughs> I, I love. I have something here. Yeah. Uh, apparently, teammates, when he first made the Namibia team, would chant lion tamer, lion tamer at him. Which is like, that's not Bance. That's just like, no, no, no. He's no. calling you. That's yeah, what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. That's, you're just chanting his profession. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. It's like chanting... <laughs> You're in a well-paid job and you've got a massive dick at someone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which, to be fair, probably does. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Yeah, he's definitely got the confidence of it, hasn't he? Yeah. Fair true. play to him. Yeah. Um, Step down, times cut, sir. Yeah, though we have... I think we've kind of moved beyond the the story of the teenage boy that fell into the lion enclosure. Oh, there's more. However, I just want to... Bring up his quote, right? Okay. So he was cleared of this before the World Cup, before leaving New Zealand. Or okay. This, right? He was then asked about it whilst at the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Someone went like, 
So you said a 70-year-old boy in London closure. What's that all about? And he said, that's all over now. For us, the greatest challenge now is to win a game. Like, Never mind, I, I tipped a 70-year-old kid into a lining I closure. imagine he was pointing at the interviewer and said, that, that's over now. We do not speak about that. <laughs> but the, the, that, that was his rebuttal. was like, no, 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 I'm not going there. I'm not going to the subject. We're not going to talk about the fact that I tipped a 70-year-old boy into a lining closure. Allegedly. I wouldn't say. He was Allegedly. Clear to this. Yeah. He was clear to this. Like, he wasn't, a re- he wasn't, held in, he wasn't thrown away in jail or anything like that. It was, it was alleged. But, Christ. Yeah. Um... One last thing from me. Yeah. If you've been affected by any of the things that have come <laughs> up in this podcast, I'd like to refer you to uh, something that was said by one of our dedicated listeners. Okay. Who interviewed on Apple Podcasts. Okay. Um, they're called Gedrig, or it might be Gedrig if you're Welsh. I'm not really sure. Gedrig. Let's go. Um, and the caption is Decisions. Okay. And he says, if there's a podcast to listen to while waiting for the emergency services, this could make the shortlist. <laughs> waiting for the emergency services because Five you've been stars, thrown in a lion enclosure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you've lost so, your arm. If you've been affected by any of the issues raised in this podcast and need to call the emergency services, then please keep listening to this So was podcast. that the full review? That was, that was the full review. review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, F- we made the shortlist. Five stars. Fine, we made the shortlist. Yeah, okay. Five stars. Cool. No, I'm glad yeah. to know that. I'm glad yeah. to know we're on the shortlist. Yeah. We're, we're one of the best podcast presumably yeah. up there with the vampire squid, vampire squid obviously. Uh, if anyone needs business advice while waiting for the emergency services um <laughs> you want advice all the squid it. diaries you know yeah. if you want to listen to some diaries of wimpy squids yes whilst waiting for the emergency services uh, if you want to listen to we're not talking about films but rugby or anything all. else yeah. there should be a, a biopic made of uh, Scott van der May, to be I know that would like, be insane. They... Um, like a mini series, but... like Lion, the no, Tiger King style. <laughs> exactly, <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> you could say Lion King. I remember yeah, that was a thing. That's a, that's a different film. Um, like Tiger King is a joke on Lion King. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's nice knowing that we are one of the best podcasts for that particular purpose. Uh, hypothetically, hypothetically, like we. This isn't tested. This isn't yeah. someone. If anyone has fallen into a lion enclosure. And for what I really need now is a podcast to pass the time. Yeah, then um, this would be one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Yeah, I think the this is like vampire squids. Dad wrote a porno. <laughs> Squid Rugby World Cup retrospective podcast. Yeah, which I can't even say. No, uh, thank you for your review, Gethrig, and anybody thank else you. who's left them. Uh, we'll get to more at some point. I yeah. presume. Keep leaving them there you know boosters and whatever and raise awareness yes. of emergency oh, services kayaking <laughs> raise awareness of emergency services yeah and kayaking. You've never heard of the police yeah yeah if you if you're clearly, white that might i mean be the case. clearly scott van der Merwe, when somebody stole his sheep he hadn't heard of the police no and he thought well lions still do yeah he's he's taking they'll, they'll sort out fair punishment for this kid you know exactly um, can I make a joke I've been wanting to make for pretty much the whole episode? Go on then. Uh, South Africa scored the lion's share of the points. <laughs> but they didn't score the, score the lion's share, they scored all of the points. So it doesn't work. Yeah, and I haven't yeah. an opportunity to say it, but I wonder if it's in before the end of the episode. Yeah, should we end it there? The no. Okay, okay, fair enough. <laughs> I haven't got anything more. I haven't got anything more on Short Random Over. Uh, which is a shame. Or anybody else. Um, anyone else. Or not playing. <laughs> <laughs> he, he isn't even playing, yeah. yeah. Fine, but I figured this is the game to talk about him. Sure. Yeah, this is where we sure. 
we for the men. Sorry to any South African listeners who've wanted to hear about <laughs> They've been waiting to see the Springboks finally. Biggest talk wins. about them again. To be fair, the Gareth Mason episode was the one we talked the most about rugby of this whole, whole podcast. And that was all about the Springboks. Like yeah, we, you've been we, spoiled, lads. I know. We barely mentioned yeah. the other side. And in uh, Namibia's last game, we spoke more about Samoa and DJ Khaled, so... That's true. Yeah. yeah. You've had your fair share. Yeah. <laughs> Deal yeah, with it. I mean, it. we haven't really... And I suppose, no, we talked about Colin, you know, Kotsu and so on in that first one. Yeah, we're now justified. We're now basically we're reviewing okay. the podcast ourselves. Yeah. Uh, and it's not as good yeah. a review as kayaking or emergency services based stuff. No, no. But, yeah, I'm pretty happy with how this yeah. has gone. <laughs> Great. I'm glad to hear yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good. Okay. Well, I hope this has sounded okay, considering we're in the same room and oh, we're yeah. kind of moving about. I forgot um, about that. I don't feel you. Don't don't rub my knee. Um, <laughs> don't throw you in a line enclosure. Give me Stop back my sheep. My dick. Give me back my sheep. I wanted to compare it to short random movers. Um, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I've just been knocking on your door all night before you play Tunisia. I just why are you licking my ear? <laughs> um, no, we're licking their ear metaphorically because we're oh. delivering such sweet sound in their ear. Yeah, uh, sweet stories of short random murder. Um, thanks for listening thank you very much uh, we'll see you next time when the game it's is Australia Russia U- USA. USA Australia USA yeah Australia Russia is not for a while Australia USA that is correct that is the game yeah. next uh, then Athlete is England Romania okay um, yeah so any France, fans of New Zealand. Adam Ashley Cooper or Mark Cueto please tune in yep and fans of Chris Ashton the following week just yeah. like yeah come back come back yeah. Um please come back. That uh, yeah. Um Right. Um see you lads. <laughs> nice one. Yeah. Uh GG. You got anything else to say? No. Bye. See ya. Khaleesi. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter. A health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.